Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up with Giants TV. I'm Ryan Morris, and as always, I'm here with your host, Nicholas P. Smith. Uh, today, I'm so excited because we have a larger-than-life personality, somebody who is just, he inspires me. Uh, I don't even know how we ran across each other through mutual friends, uh, but I'm sure glad we did. He's, he's, he's just an amazing all-around human being. And I can't wait to share his story. Nick, will you share uh, a little bit about our guest today? Yeah, so Curtis, Curtis Marsh is just a phenomenal human. I think no more than that, phenomenal human. He's, he did a TEDx talk a little while back called Rise Above the Chaos, uh, which is going over, I believe, addiction and, and overcoming addiction and just making the best life you can with what is. And, and um, you know, I, I've, I've known Curtis or... Uh, yeah, I don't know how we met. If it was through Steve Hardison or or Mike Garrick or one of these guys, you know, I think it was probably through Steve, and then that's how I met you, Ryan. You know, it's, it's just kind of it's interesting how you know we've all just met each other for different uh, great friendships. So yeah, uh, I'm grateful for you guys. We've been out there all the time. It's powerful. Well, it's good. It's good to have you on here. We're going to dive into your story. I'm going to have you come into the microphone a little bit so we can hear you. There's a lot of that. Uh, there's a little bit of background coming in through it. So, yeah. So we want to kind of go back in time with you going back through your history. What was it like growing up? Growing up, I, you know, I, I had a great family. I still do. I mean, my, my mom and my dad were um, just good, solid uh, parents and, and uh, I'm the oldest of four so there's me and then i have two brothers and a sister um and growing up was just you know it was one of those one of those neighborhoods that we grew up in it was, it was a fantastic neighborhood we did a lot with uh you know other families um you know lake powell and fishing trips and all kinds of things i just remember you know just just being a very close-knit family but also you know uh families, other families that, that would join us in, in our adventures and, and things like that. Um, probably one of the toughest things was being the oldest. Um, I think there was a, an expectation for me to, you know, I don't know where you guys fall in line in your pecking order, your family, but, um, you know, be an example to your younger brothers and sisters. They're watching you, you know. So as the oldest, that mantle got heavy over the years. And, um, you couple that with some other influences that go on in life, and and um, the the expectation or the, the the feeling I had was to be that I had to be perfect. Yeah, and uh, that's a double-edged sword. You know, um, it drove me to success, but it also was something that led me to uh, a, a fall. Um, you know, because. You, you feel like you have to be perfect, and if you're not, at least in my case, um, I compounded that uh, bad decision uh, with another bad decision to, you know, try to compensate for the pain of not being perfect, to feel the shame. Yeah, yeah. So, in my TED Talk that you talked about, I, I talk a little bit about rising above that chaos that I created in my own life by the choices that I made, you know. We, we all know that every choice has either a, a significant blessing or a, a irrevocable consequence. And um, I'm one of these guys that you tell me not to pee on the electric fence. Because um, what it will do, but I'm going to probably do it anyway, just to uh, pressure test life, you know. 
So that's a little bit about my upbringing. I, I had a, a you know a great. My parents are still alive. My dad's uh, eighty four, and I think my mom uh, twenty nine. So. I love it. You know what I, I've noticed is whenever whenever we have technology issues, it's the best message. So we're we're uh, we're hearing I think your fan in the background on the computer possibly or something. Oh man. But we're gonna get the message out of this and we're gonna draw it out no matter you know, what occurs. You know We've what I heard? Some, I heard uh, uh, when somebody don't, tells you not to pee on the electric fence. <laughs> me and Curtis, we'd be right there. <laughs> yeah, right there. So we're the electric, we're, the electric bench here in the back. Right. Yeah, that's the electric bench. Right, no, I don't. Uh, well, we're gonna work. We're gonna work with it because here's here's what happens is um, in the past we used to worry about everything going perfectly, and and I love this idea of perfection and how it can impact your decisions because you talk about the choices that that stem from that idea of having to be perfect in your life. And on one in one case you're saying it pushed you to drive harder than anybody else, but on the other side you never felt good enough. So you felt like you were shameful. And and so that's where I would imagine that addiction came in, is that right? Yeah, that was that was um you know later on down the road, but um you know, it, it, you, know you, you make one decision, and I don't know if you guys have faced this before, but I know people in your audience have because it's, it, it, it's pretty common. We, we feel that blame, that guilt, uh, that shame, and yeah. um, we, we cover it up with something else. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's the, 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 the drinking that um, uh, took place in my life was to cover up pain of, you know, other mistakes that just kept compounding and, and um, so forth. But, yeah. Um, now I'm like conscious to take a drink. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the right one right there, my man. Mine, mine was a little diff different. Than that, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to say I've been uh, in January 1st, 2010. Good for you. I mean, uh, so the, the journey that you've been on, you know, for your life, you had a certain career path you went down when you were young. Did you know that you were going to do that? Did it kind of evolve on its own? How did you um, end up on the path you did? You know, it's interesting. I look back, I, I, I was always kind of an entrepreneur. Um, I was a kid who would set up a lemonade stand. I remember coming home one time. My mom says, How, where, where'd you get all this money? <laughs> and um, I said, I make some mean lemonade. No, I... I uh, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, you see all these kids and they have these lemonade stands and they're, they're right by the side of a busy road. So I thought, you know, how do I create a little chaos and disturb, you know, that, that pattern and, and change things up a little bit? So I went and I, I saw where people were getting off the bus at 5 o'clock at night. And that's where I set up my lemonade stand. So I had a natural audience to get off the bus. They grabbed the, the lemonade. And so I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I remember throwing a little, grew up in a cul-de-sac and I was, go a, a circus with uh, my friends and our, our animals and raise money to give to uh, charity. And those two kind of went hand in hand, in hand with me. Um, as far as, you know, my career, I've been a wealth advisor since uh, I was 23 years old. And um, I think that was something that I always wanted to do. And I'm not sure why. My dad was in the insurance business. He was a, a big producer with New York Life Insurance Company, and uh, and um, so I just wanted to 
kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit, but I took him a little bit further. And at, at age 23, I was hired. I was the youngest uh, financial advisor ever hired by uh, Sears and Lehman Brothers, which wow. went bankrupt in 2008, but they were the big 900-pound dealer. Yeah. So you, you had this, I love this, because you're talking about throwing a wrench in the norm. Right. So the way that it was done, you were thinking, how can I throw some chaos at that and look for the opportunities that are there? Uh, you know, the, the idea of, of pursuing things that people don't usually look at, you know, on a pathway, you you uh, at age 23 were working with. Uh, I don't know if I'll say this right with a financial company. Shearson Lehman. Is that right? Shearson Lehman Brothers. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, so you're, you're killing it. You're out there working hard and things are going well. And so where did things take a turn for you? How did, how did you go down the road of addiction? Well, you know, it's, uh, you, every, every choice is just, a, it's not, it's not like you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden you are in a different phase of your life or a different um, position because of choices. It's a series of choices. It's like, you know, uh, flying an airplane, you know, is that, plane gradually descends those are like bad choices and pretty soon if you don't correct that you're gonna you're gonna crash so i got caught up in um at 23 my my first year i made uh eighty thousand dollars that was a lot of money for a 23 year old and um i let that uh take me to a, a pride and arrogance level that was um off the charts okay. uh, it destroyed a, it destroyed a marriage because you know it was it was me uh, I, I remember when i talked about my ted talk i kissed my biceps and said hey this is curtis marsh doing this and i took god out of the equation which is my higher power and and uh, i became caught up in in the worldly definition of success and there's nothing wrong with that definition or or making money but it's what i um let go of you know you yeah. When you, when you align with certain things in your life and then you let go of those um, and you know that they brought you joy and they know that you, they brought you great peace and things like that, um, I, I just got caught up and it was uh, just small, significant decisions that I made that were taking me out of alignment with who I was, who I was brought up to be. Um, and, you know, then you come, you know, when you, when you make a choice and it takes you out of alignment, you have um, you have the ability to do the next thing, which is reactionary, or do the next right thing, which is correcting it and getting back on course. You know, and I I was too ashamed and 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 felt so guilty because of that perfectionism uh, that I covered it up with something else, and um, that just you know it was just like carrying a bag of hot rocks. Eventually, in uh, two thousand. 2008, my world came crumbling down. I lost my family. I lost everything that I'd gained over the years. Do you do you feel like that was an awakening for you? So when that happened and you're you're feeling good, life is going well. I'm confident. I'm Curtis Marsh. Kiss the biceps, right? And then all of a sudden, boom! Everything just falls apart, unravels, and all you've got that you're standing there with is Curtis Marsh, the human, like. What did that do for you? That's a great question. Um, it, it, it was it was an eye opener, and um, 
I think sometimes um, our higher power tries to get our attention and we are too busy or moving too fast to, to get the message. And um, I remember a pivotal moment that um, I thought, you know what, I've got to slow down and change. I've, I've got to get back in alignment because, um, it, and it was January of 2008. Uh, I walked into a, a courtroom uh, for divorce in uh, January, I think it was 7th and 8th. And during that two days of trial, oh man, um, I think back and um, what an arrogant, prideful man I was. And um, <clears throat> that pivotal moment, Nick, came when uh, the judge slammed his hand down and told me that I was the most egregious man that he's ever had in his courtroom in the 18 years. And um, he said, you just got yourself 30 days in jail for contempt. And like an arrogant man that I was, I, I said, uh, good, I've got money, I'll bail. He said, no bail. I said, good, I know people. Well, guess what? I spent 30 days. And I think that was a wake-up call for me. Um, again, you don't get out of there and, and, and you're a changed man, but that was a time where I had to really think. And I had 30 days of um, isolation and, and getting into my own head. And what do I need to do to change to get back in alignment? Here I was. I, I retired in 2006. Um, 2008, I go into this divorce court. And I fall to my own. Uh, I, I acted up in that courtroom in a way that I shouldn't have. And I take ownership of that. Um, I, I had to get back in alignment. So that was a pivotal moment. I got out of there. I still wanted to go back and change the past. You know, I still wanted to go back and say, hey, I was wronged and, and that uh, blame, shame, and entitlement. Uh, I, I always taught my daughters, I, I would draw a line on a piece of paper and I'd say, below this line, nothing ever grows. You don't grow as a human, nothing good happens. And I wrote the words blame, shame, and entitlement. And those people who live in that space never grow. They never amount to anything because they're, they're constantly blaming others. They feel entitled. Above that line is personal accountability, responsibility, and ownership. And so that 30 days gave me a time to um, really think about where I was, how I got there, and now what am I going to do, you know? Um, Everything was, was sold when I got out of uh, jail for that 30 days. I, I got out. I was picked up by my parents. My car was gone from the parking lot. My home was sold. Um, my kids were gone, and my, my kid's mother was gone. Wow. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what. Um, it was humbling. Hmm. And, again, it, it didn't start that day, but I had to make a series of, of choices and to uh, get me back in line. Uh, right above the chaos I created. I appreciate you saying a series of choices. I mean, I can only imagine just being in your position. You come out of the courtroom and you're like, I know people, I got money, I'll make bail. Somebody will get me out. Judges like, nope, you're in. And so for 30 days, you get to sit with yourself in that space. You come out and everything's gone. 
everything's gone. And you come out of this space where I'm on top of the world. I'm Curtis Marsh. You know, I could almost hear an F word throw in there. I'm in Curtis <laughs> Marsh. Right. And, and then you come out and, and that person, that ego, that identity that you had had created for your whole life, you were down to zero. You didn't have your kids. You didn't have your car. Your wife is gone. You'd lost your freedom for 30 days. Yeah. And, and you have this space of, man, now what? Right. Yeah. And, and you teach your daughters, you say below the line are these behaviors of shame, blame, and guilt, but above it is this responsibility and ownership. And so in a way, God or the universe says, okay, let's see it. Let's see you walk that talk. You know what I think is interesting too, is that before that period in time, you were saying, I'm all I need. I'm all I need. I'm all I need. And so, you know, like I, I make everything happen. I'm the man. And then yeah. you got exactly what you yeah. wanted. All, you yeah. just Go you is it. all you need. That's what happened. I, I, I aligned with that by, by, that was a great comment, Brian. And, and uh, I appreciate that. Those things that I aligned with, Took me there. I mean, it's been proven over over history. So then you had, go. from that point, you have more choices to make. You, you it's kind of like a clean slate in a way too. I mean, it's not a fun clean slate. It's not the funnest way to get to a clean slate that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's not an you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like a, a a baptism of sorts. You know, you get to just wipe it clean and then say, okay, now who am I? What do I want? What do I? Wh where where do I go from here? So take us through. The next phase. What's what's phase two for Curtis Marsh from this point in time? What's what's uh, two point look like? <laughs> I think you. I, I think it was in denial for a long period of time, you know. And and I thought, you know, I worked I worked with a lot of major Wall Street firms over the years, and um, I thought, well, I'll just jump back into that and rebuild my life. Um, I, again, a lot of shock and awe. A lot of you know, did this really just happen to me? Um, I remember wanting to go back and, you know, just continue fight this in the courts. And I was wronged and, you know, all the blame, uh, you know, and entitlement was kicking in still. But, you know, it, slowly it becomes a reality. You, you, you say, you know what, I, I really got to rise above. And my choice has got me here. I've got to make choices to get back out. And it's harder to get back out because... People think that, that, you know, it's going to change and happen overnight, and it doesn't. If it took you, you know, 10 years to get into that spot that you were in, it's going to take you probably at least that long, you know, if you if you make the, the choices to, to rise above. So, I, uh, you know, 2008 was a, a crazy year for everybody with the economy and, and everything. Nobody was hiring. You know, even the guy who kissed his biceps and, and was a... Uh, a champion on, on a resume, um, I could not find a job. Nobody was hiring. Um, our space had been cut down by about 60, 60%. So getting back into what I was doing was was um, not happening. And then panic starts to set in. Hmm. Start to get depressed. And again, you're fighting those choices. You're, you're wanting to cover up that depression with, with something hmm. that... And um, I, I literally... Um, you know, I, I was I was given a, a dog, 
an American in Cuba during this time period. And had it not been for that and, and my family, it would have been very, very difficult to write about. You know, there were days where I didn't want to rise out of bed. Um, I didn't care. And um, I think Nick, you, you've recently gone through a, a situation in your family and, and uh, you know, probably as related to this in can, but um, just slow decisions. You know, it was 2008, January 1st, 2010, I woke up and said, I'm not, I'm not this Curtis Marsh, the drinking and, and the, the lifestyle that I was leading. I, I really woke up and I was lucky that morning that I just said, I'm not going to live like that anymore. And um, um, I've been able to look back and, and humbly say that it's been just a, a, a new life since that time. I, okay, so I'm going to feed this back. So, you know, you you wake up in 2010, you say, I'm not going to be that Curtis Marsh anymore, that bicep kissing, arrogant, uh, egregious person. Uh, that's done. I'm tired it. of you it. You can say it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the judge said it. You yeah. Know? And I, I said it. I own it. You no, said it. it. Yeah. Well. It's not, you know, it's not how I hold you in, in the space that you are right now. The Curtis Marsh that I know is, is completely different. Um, I, I'm going to post this up here real quick, this thought that I'm having. You know, you, you redefine who you are in an instant, spontaneously, and you don't look back. And and what I see in your story, Curtis, is that you went for, for this space of, I'm no longer that guy. And I'm going to live into this new Curtis Marsh. And I can tell from where you are today that that's the truth that that Curtis Marsh that showed up after that experience is a completely different man. And I don't see you as egregious. I don't have that experience of you. I, I hope not. Cause it was a, um, I was an ass, you know, I really was. Huh? Yeah. I've been there. I've been there and done that. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I was I in that club. <laughs> you, have, you have to, you have to, you have to own that. It, it just took me yeah. a long time. Um, yeah. to, to, to really be humbled enough. You, you know, I, you had to re replace that ego with, with humility and, yeah. and um, gratitude and those things that um, realign you faster. I've never seen an arrogant person um, have inner peace. Um, those two don't go together. Well, let me ask you this too. So, so 2008, there's nobody hiring. You go through, you know, there's, you have to figure out what you're doing from that point forward. And, uh, you know, starting to wonder like what you're going to do. What, where did you go from that point, Curtis? Um, again, that, that, that took a while because, um, you know, the economy was, you guys, you guys remember back in 2008, I think everybody on this call probably does, um, how devastating it was. And, um, after you go, you know, a year, 18 months, um, you, you start, the depression starts to set in. I mean, you're going, hey, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm supposed to be a, a provider. Uh, here I was, you know, divorced and, and broke and, and um, broken. And um, again, it was just continuing to align myself with great people, with yourselves, continuing to align myself with opportunities look at new things outside the box 
you know, um, again, I was trying to force myself back into uh, the investment arena, and it just wasn't a space that was, was hiring. I, I then got an opportunity to work with a company um, doing what I did, and that was a great, uh, you know, pivotal jump. And there was just these little pivotal moments that were significant that slowly realigned me with, um, you know, who I am and where I'm at today. It's interesting that you talked about, uh, you know, aligning yourself with, with uh, people. Um, I've noticed that huge shift as, as I've intentionally put people in my space. <laughs> That's weird, my space. We're in my arena that I want to be like, that, I, that, that hey, I, I see a person that I want to emulate or be like. Well, I want, to, I want that person to be around me as much as possible so I can learn what they're doing so that I can right. be like that person. Uh, I, tonight I, I, I've been getting around, uh, some people, I, I signed up for the hundred dollar dinner club, Jimmy Rex's hundred dollar dinner club. So that, yeah, thanks for sending that to me, yeah, it's a fantastic thing. So then you can be around 25 to 50, uh, successful people that are out there trying to give back and do better and, and make the world a better place because that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm doing. And so, and then I could, yeah, and then I can learn from you know, and invite people on the show like yourself because I want to know, okay, how how is Curtis Marsh living his life? Because I see it, I see you living your life in a giant way, and I want to be like Curtis Marsh. I appreciate that's it. that. That's amazing. I feel like great qualities, <laughs> great qualities, and you guys too. And again, it's it's that association, you know, and. And uh, also along the way, I, 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 I've always been involved in charities and giving back. And I think, um, you know, when to, to really find yourself again, you almost have to lose yourself in giving to others. And, um, you know, my work with muscular dystrophy was probably my most significant. There were a lot of times where those kids thought I was the Harley guy that was uh, <laughs> raising money and, 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 and helping them out with their cures and wheelchairs and things like that but um truly they were helping me they had no idea a lot of them they do now but what i was going through um uh, you know and, and they were my they were my saving grace a lot of times hmm. you know they're, they're these are these are kids that are just unbelievably um the picture that you put up on uh with me and the young man on the back his name is sean johnson they're just incredible spirits and human beings and so part of rising above the chaos was emerging myself in to giving back and others who had challenges that were greater than mine. And it's a powerful, powerful thing when you can um, align with that and it, it, it puts you on the fast track. You it's know, interesting it's what really, service can do for, you know, like uh, you think you're, you know, you're giving the other people think you're serving them and really, like you said, it's it's probably doing you more benefit than than them a lot, in a lot of cases. So, oh, you're awesome. right on. I'll, I'll share a story along yeah. those lines. Yeah, Sean Johnson, who is uh, the the kid on the back of my motorcycle in that picture, I think he was probably about eight or ten at the time. And I met Sean and his family. Uh, uh, MDA and Harley Davidson have a ride down to Wendover every. It's the first Sunday in June, and they 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 ride. Uh, from Salt Lake City down to Wendover and uh, there's just a lot of bikes and so it's a long convoy down there they 
they raise money for muscular dystrophy and then we have a, a big concert and, and things like that um sean and his family were in the audience and i just moved up from arizona i got an invite to go down there i remember them um calling my name and having me come up on stage because um i was the largest uh, fundraiser for that ride that year and um I went up on stage and, you know, you've had these moments in life where I was walking down off the stage, I, the crowd of people and the bikes. And I saw this family to my right. And a young man in a wheelchair. And I remember just in slow motion, Mike Johnson, who's his father, um, look up at me, touched his heart and he pointed to me and said, thank you. Thank you very much. And it was just one of those surreal moments. Um, a couple of years later, um, I was the number one fundraiser again and uh, actually won a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Sean, I, I, I gave the bike away. I gave it back to muscular dystrophy. And, um, but Sean said to me, you know, why didn't you, why didn't you give me the bike? I'm thinking, John, you're in a wheelchair. So anyway, that's what started our, our rides together, where he's strapped on the back of my bike, huh. literally, with tie-down straps and th things like that. But he taught me something, Ryan, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the, 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 what he told me about giving. Several years later, we're, we're still great friends. He's, he, I think he's 27 now. Um, just a solid, amazing human being. But he said to me one time, he says, I've got something for you. And we were coming through the parking lot. The parking lot was kind of emptied from the bikers after the concert. And it was just me and him. And he's in his wheelchair and he's, he's rolling alongside of me. And I said, uh, he said, I've got something for you. And I said, John, I'm the giver. You don't need to give me anything. And he took his wheelchair, which felt like it weighed about 2,500 pounds at the time. And he rolled it over the front of my boot. And he said, don't you ever deny me the blessing of giving to you and i thought at that moment wow how powerful is that because the the giver is also the receiver and mm. so we've had that exchange over the years so to to your point ryan that's that's a story that uh, i learned that the giver is also probably the greatest receiver now that's uh that's something that i've been practicing is the receiving it's easy to give, 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 but then when people want to give back, if I reject that, they put all this energy into that gift. And for me to reject it just puts it into space of, I don't want your gift. It's not good enough, right? Like, or whatever yeah. it feels like. It's like, if I'm going to give and people are going to receive that graciously, then on the opposite, when somebody gives, I also want to receive that from them graciously. Right. Yeah, yeah it's hard. It's, it, it, it's very hard, but, you know, once you... Um learn to receive i mean you're you're you're, you're relying on blessings to flow into their life and that yeah that circle of life i call it um is, is just a powerful powerful um you know give and take and it is it's hard to be a receiver yeah I but it's it. doable you're showing it's doable i mean you're an incredible human i i um I watch you on Facebook and I watch you with your daughters and the closeness and the relationship that you now have with your daughters. Uh, you give back to the community that that picture that's up that we used for your announcement of you giving that boy a ride, Sean, giving Sean a ride on the motorcycle. Um, it's just a completely different 
path. And, and you mentioned these series of small steps that you took. Small decisions over time added up to the complexity that we see today called Curtis Marsh. And I'm, I'm wondering, how did you stick with it in those darkest moments? You know, for somebody that's watching here, you're feeling probably really small. But you're deciding I'm I'm no longer that old Curtis Marsh. I'm no longer that small Curtis Marsh. I'm going to become a giant. And I'm sure when you're going out on that path, you don't always feel like a giant. Right. How did you manage that? Again, it's 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 patience. It's time. It's it's all those things that we know um, will bless our lives. You know, and 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 gratitude. Um, I, I use the acronym of chaos. Um, as a reminder to me that um, of, of what to do, the antidote, the steps that I that I took, and hey Nick, there were some dark days, my man. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for my my dog looking at me, I you know I kept thinking, what am I going to do with you? You know, if, if uh, I check out, yeah. you know, and um, so he was a, a blessing in, in my life. Um, it's just a, a again, it's it's patience, it's perseverance. It's grit, it's determination, it's family. Um, I have a great family, and uh, they were there by my side. Uh, it's association with friends. And you find out how, how many friends you really truly have and what quality that, by the size of your wallet, you know. So those who stuck with me during those yeah. terrible days, uh, I love them, and uh, they're, they're still here, but. Or the, or the missing wallet, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so what's your acronym for chaos? Well, the, the, the C stands for change and, and commitment. And, um, you know, when chaos comes into your life, it, it comes into your life one of two ways, all right? 2020 is a perfect example where chaos came into every one of our lives because life is life. It's there to change us. It's there to help us grow. Um, chaos is a human growth hormone uh, if we allow it. Um there's nothing. There's nothing. I there's there's nothing in this world. If, if I, I I believe that there's nothing designed to crush us. It's it, it's all there to change us. So the C is for change. It's for chaos. It's for commitment. Um, and you have to say to yourself, I want to change. That January first when I woke up, uh, 2010, I, I I said I have to change. So um, chaos had compounded so much in my life. And it comes in just because it's life or the choices that you make. And, man, I made a lot of choices that opened that door. And I'm like, chaos, come on in, you know. And I let it stay way too long. And uh, so, and then the H is for higher power. Hmm. And um, I am free of, of those chains that used to bind me. And I'm here today because of a higher power. Whatever your higher power is, um. Again, you want to get on the fast track to rising above. I truly believe that you have to have a higher power. The A is accountability. Taking personal accountability for, for why you're there. You know, once you do that, um, you, you've now set yourself up to to succeed. But if you continue to live below that line of blame, shame, and entitlement, you, you, you'll never grow. So above that is, is, is accountability. Um, o is ownership. Own where you're going to go. Own your own your own your path. Own those decisions. Own the steps. Um, you know, how am I going to get myself out of this? 
I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, you have it. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, if you were dropped out of a plane on Antelope Island with nothing, you would find a way. And I think we all have it. Uh, we all have that ability. The human spirit's stronger than we think. But sometimes we allow things to crush us. Um, and then the S is surrender and service. Um, you, ha you have to surrender. I used to think that was the weakest word. I'm not surrendering. I am not giving up. I'm going to continue. But no, if you surrender your ego, you surrender your pride, you surrender your arrogance, you surrender all of those things that are chains that bind you. Seriously. Arrogance and pride, I, I, I've just never, I see it a lot, but I don't really see a person that has inner peace. I don't see true success. You, you see, you see the definition of worldly success, um, and that's 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 fine. But you know, I had all the worldly possessions you can possibly imagine, and a lot of that was acquired because I wanted to take the eyes off of me. I didn't want them to see this broken dude. And I, I'll, I'll share a story with you. I used to have people say, "What is it that's bothering you so much? Why are you not that happy?" Now, this was you know prior to my divorce and and so forth. And I said, I'll tell you what, you come over on a Saturday morning and um, I will, you know, they said, yeah, you have everything. I said, come over Saturday morning. We're going to go to the Harley Davidson safe there in my garage. And I'm going to let you pick out whatever it is that you want. And I don't, I don't say this with arrogance. It was an exercise that I was putting other people through so that they would understand what I was missing. They would come over on Saturday and say, hey, I want that Harley or that snowmobile or whatever it is. We'd go to get the title and I'd go to hand it to him and I'd pull it back and I'd say, I want one thing and it's not money. I want one thing in exchange for this title. And I'm like, okay, what? It was inner peace. Hmm. And that's why um, I tell you that you cannot rise above without a higher power. Um, that inner peace I lost because of choices that I was making. And um, that left people with a, a huge uh, significant impact as to what inner peace really meant. And I think it helped them identify in their lives uh, what they needed to do to align more with, you know, finding that inner peace. What, what I hear in that is it's not it's not a, a one or the other. It's it's being able to balance out that if if you're all about the titles and the ownership and this property and these things, then you can be really empty inside. Yeah. If that's all you're about. But you can also be have inner peace and not have any of those things. But you can also balance it in another way and have both. You could have those titles and things and have the inner peace. Yeah. But but it's that balancing of your life. I, um, my experience of you is that you're learning to balance that, that you had the one where you could have any material thing you wanted. And now you've gone to the flip side where you've had complete inner peace. And now you're bringing those two worlds back together in a way. You're spot on. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you are, you are spot on. And that inner peace is a, a, a great driver for, you know, success. I mean, once you have, and, and, and you said it, and there's nothing wrong with material possessions. It's just that I had, I was way out of balance. You know, when I kissed right. my biceps 
at 23 and said, hey, God, I just made $80,000. You go sit on the end of the bench. I'll call you if I need you. Um, you know, I got this. And uh, that was the most arrogant, cocky um, thing I could have done. And that that was the beginning. You know, that was, if, if you look at the choices, that was that was the beginning. And I, I, I dismissed my higher power. I replaced uh, gratitude and humility with pride and arrogance. Mm. And again, you can, you can see as I look back in my rear view mirror going, wow, that's what led to the fall. Yeah, man, I, I don't see a straight line to where you are today. I don't see this path that is like cut through mountains like a laser beam to the life that we see as Curtis Marsh. I, I see it as you had this, this pivotal point that said, your life is shit. Your life is not working. And, and you made a decision. I'm not going to beep out my <laughs> language, <laughs> but well, you well, this, be, be you brother. Yeah. You made this decision. And then along the way, you had these pivotal points along the way. It was this, there was a decision over here and that decision led to another opportunity. And that decision led to another opportunity this is branching out of your life to where you finally became who you are today. And there's still more in you. I know there's more in you. Oh yeah. Um, but, but I think that's where people get hung up is they want to see the end goal and they want to see a straight line from where they are to that. That's, and that's why, that's why it's hard to write the book, you know, because they, yeah. they think it's going to be easy. It's not hard as hell well you think of a tree rising above right there's nothing straight about a tree but it still right. rises above that's right and there's all these branches and forks and and bifurcations and and it still rises above and it's beautiful something to look at something to to admire yeah i can't go into nature and not admire a tree they're amazing and oh, that's, yeah. how I, that's how i see your life you know you Curtis Marsh, this messy guy, you know, underneath his roots were, were this sense of shame and entitlement and non-ownership. And then he rises above it and above the surface. It's all full of ownership and che checking opportunities and giving and receiving and uh, a combination of everything. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate that. Man. Uh, have you written a book, by the way? <laughs> um, yeah, three years ago, I... I um... You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I was pushed to write this book. I was pushed to do the TED Talk. And, and now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, the, the benefits of it. Um, there were, I think, 14 entrepreneurs that were asked to, um, asked to write how, how they succeeded in business. <clears throat> and so um, the title hadn't been determined yet. But there's 14 of us from around the world. And we, we all wrote in, in this, this book about how we overcame uh, obstacles and, and uh, overcame and rose above in, in business. And um, that's when I created chaos. You know, I, I, I did create a lot of chaos in my, in my days. Some was good, some wasn't. But um, yeah, it was called Rise, Rise Above is the, is the title of it. We had uh, number one in, I think it was five categories. Um, Vicki Gould was uh, the one who put that together for us. And and she had an editor and, and so forth. But yeah, Rise Above came out about three years ago. And um, then um, my TEDx uh, talk was coming up on coming up on the three year mark as well. So it's been a um, 
you know, those are significant milestones. You, know, you talk about jail being a pivotal moment, the TED talk, the book, um, and, and where that takes me from here. Um, I, want to I didn't know you had written a book, by the way. I had, I had written down uh, a title of Balance, How to Find Inner Peace, Rising Above the Chaos by Curtis Marsh. <laughs> wow. Hey, I, I might have to get you as my editor for the next, next one. <laughs> hey, so I'm going to throw this up on the screen. Can you see that? Milestones versus pivotal moments. Yeah. Can you create a distinction there for us? Milestones versus pivotal moments. Um. I think a pivotal moment comes first. You know, you you um, you have something that uh, causes you to stop and 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 think, and it's very significant in uh, altering your direction. Um, then I, I I think you would couple that with a, a milestone. You know, if I was to make a timeline, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand six, I retired. Two thousand eight, I lost everything. Pivotal moment would have been the thirty days. Um, in the hole, and uh, there's a song about that, isn't there, right? <laughs> 30 days in the hole. Um, so that, that would have been a pivotal moment there, and yeah. then people I met along the way. Um, there's a gentleman, um, I'll just use his first name, it's it's John, and I don't know if he's on this call or not, but he's uh, he's a man that um, he knows now, but he didn't know at the time. He, he was just walking on a Saturday and he came over to talk to me and my daughters. And um, as we shared stories, I saw tears rolling down his eyes. Uh, that was a pivotal moment in helping me overcome some challenges that he also uh, had overcome. So, yeah, I, I hear it as the pivotal moments are the, the game changers, the awakening. And then the milestones are the markers along the way of the things that you've accomplished in that change. Yeah, that's great, Nick. That's that's I, perfect said, man. I uh, I love to set people up and then change the definition. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I love that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. No, I I love it. That's that's true, you know. And uh, you have those those pegs along the way, and people, um, moments, um, choices. You know, they're they're pivotal pivotal moments, and yeah, yeah. and you have the milestones. I can look back on my life and, and define and look back and, and see those, those pivotal moments, those shifts, those changes where I had, I had, there was a fork in the road. I had a decision to make and some of it was forced and some of it, you know, was, was, yeah. uh, you know, intentional. And I had to say, okay, look, I can keep being me and keep doing the same thing that I've always done, but I'm going to get the same thing that I've always got. Or you can move forward and into the uncomfortable and rise above the you know the chaos yeah. and, and organize make something out of that chaos yeah um what do, what do they say the, the chaos is the mind of creation who says that nick yeah, richard richard paul evans he says yeah. chaos is the mind of creation speaking That's of great authors are. yeah oh yeah rick's a great man and uh he, he's become a friend of mine he's um you know chaos my my, my nickname became chaos uh we were writing actually with uh, D. Snyder and Twisted Sister up in Yellowstone. And my yes. buddy looked up at me and he <laughs> said, um, man, you were just chaos. And I kind of took offense to it because I thought it's such a negative term that we put on that word. He says, no, it, things just happen when, when you're around. You know, we, you can't make this stuff up. And um, 
so chaos became my nickname and and um then i started studying the word and from chaos comes new beginnings in native american chinese and japanese uh the the first the first great god you, you know who the first great god was chaos so from chaos comes new beginnings brilliant new dreams and you, you know some people let it crush them and there's nothing in life designed to crush you i guarantee it it's designed to just make you better and the human spirit is stronger than that chaos you know you, you, it's interesting because we were uh when we were writing well not writing the book but uh, like writing our story because of the book me and nick had had run into each other we're trying to figure out hey what the heck are we gonna do in business together and so we we didn't know exactly how it was gonna look and we started pushing through and through some of the chaos and trying to organize it and figure out you know like hey what are the steps and let's start moving we just started moving uh through the chaos yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like all of a sudden it felt like all of a sudden looking back I, I can see that it was it was meant to be and it was intentional and we we created the opportunities or we became aware of the opportunities because of our actions uh all of a sudden we ran into richard paul evans who wrote on the back of the the giants and the smalls and uh nick got to take a a, a personal course with him and now we're friends with richard paul evans and uh with rick and uh He's great, man. It's no accident. No. We, we we intentionally went down a different fork in the road and followed it and allowed creation to happen and allowed other other opportunities to come into our path. I have a vision of that as you're saying that. You know, it's like uh, we talked about Plinko the other day. Like the price is right. You drop the coin and it bounces around. And And the thing is, is that all of those pegs are there. They're all there as possibilities. And as the coin drops down, it, it tinks from one to the other and it finds a pathway. And, and I'd venture to say that had we not gone down the path that we'd gone down, which was already there as a possibility to meet Rick Evans and do all these things, if we hadn't made the choices we made, we wouldn't have opened up that as a possibility. But it was already there. And it's, it's, um, it's one of those thoughts that our decisions matter. Like we can choose and have it go in a completely different direction, positive or negative, just depending on what we choose. And that series of choices, you get to the next choice and you bounce off that to another choice. And you bounce off that to another and another and another. And it's not a straight line. It's just like, boom, 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 like yeah. a ping pong, you know, or yeah. And as you go, you gain new perspective. Like, a, you know, like standing on the shoulders of giants in the book, uh, Remy the giant stands up and writ the small gets to see a whole new perspective. I just got a, a new perspective from one of our uh, Facebook uh, comments. He said, life is easy. It's the resisting that creates turmoil. Haven't you heard it said all the time that, oh, life is so hard. Life is difficult. Oh, oh. no, I love that. Life is easy. Yeah, it, it, it is. And Hugh, I appreciate that comment. It's true. It's, uh, it, it's not designed to crush you. You know, we, we resist that change that, uh, and that, commitment and ryan you said something powerful too that complimented what nick had to say here keep moving you know keep moving you know you're gonna run into those obstacles and uh there's days when you're not rising above but you keep moving in that direction because we all know what choices have the greatest irrevocable blessings to bring inner peace that brings uh, abundance into our lives mm -hmm. we all know those choices that uh, have irrevocable negative 
consequences. Um, I, I don't like the word negative, but just consequences. Um, you know, um, that electric fence. I know the outcome, but I'm going to do it anyway. I just picture Tommy Boy. Yeah. When yeah. he's being on the transformer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, every now and again, you got to do something that keeps you grounded. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I, people say, what do you mean by you pressure tested life? It means I have. I've pressure tested every, I love that. every possible thing. I've pressure tested it. It worked. Um, <laughs> um, it worked. Trust uh, me. Well, even, you know, as an example, this show, Pushing Through the Chaos, when we, when we began the show, there's all this feedback and noise. It, it's perfectly clear right now. Perfectly clear. Your message is coming through amazing. No fan. Uh, no, nothing. But you think about wow. that. At any point, if, if somebody were to say, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm out. And they quit in that chaos. We wouldn't have got to these nuggets that you're just dropping, these beautiful things. Because even, even through that, that chaos pushed through to where we have clarity. I even think that there was probably people on the call that started the call that were like, ah, I don't have time. Like this is this, I can't handle this at the moment or whatever. And uh, those are the people that maybe, maybe needed to, to, to drop off. They weren't ready for the message and those that stayed on and they're going to listen to it after if they can push through and hold on. Look what happens at the end. This has happened multiple times, yeah, by the way, yeah, like, multiple times with guests where we've, me and Nick have decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to show up today. We had, we had thought, Oh man, it's, it's cold. It's tiring. Oh, you know what? We made a commitment. We're going to show up. And we stayed long enough that all of a sudden somebody like a Paul Cardall or Richard Paul Evans, a somebody shows up in our lives, a Curtis Marsh, you know, pops into our, into our space. And it's not by accident. It's, it's intentional. It's by showing up and pushing through long enough for the universe to come around. You said it takes time sometimes, right? For those, yeah, for the universe right. to catch up with your decisions and start, yeah. start, you got to unwind some of the, some of the stuff from before too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, or, you, know, or, you, you guys do a phenomenal job. I just I want to thank both of you. You've got a great tribe of giants and, and just, uh, an amazing group. I'm so honored to be uh, part of it. So everything that you guys have shared is, is mutual. I have a lot of love and honor and respect for each of you and, and what you're doing. You're making a huge difference in the thank world. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I wanted to venture out and go, go a little dogmatic on this, uh, but you mentioned the universe has to catch up. Well, what if the universe is catching up in advance? It's creating the path because it already knows the choice you're going to make today. So it has to go back and set that up so that you can be where you are today for that to be supported and trusting that that's a possibility. I mean, that's going to be a little bit out there, but no, I, you're right on. We as humans measure time. The universe didn't put a, a time stamp on things. We did. We started counting rotations and revolutions and we called that a clock. So that yeah. we could meet up with each other and know when we were going to do that based on revolutions of the earth and the sun. And, and so the, the time element here of, of what you're creating in your life is already supported as soon as you step on that path. Because what the universe will do is it can go in all directions. Look at Einstein's relativity of time. And you'll see that the universe isn't limited to time. We think in time. It does not. God does not. Right. 
And so if it wants to support you today with the decision you make today and immediately and spontaneously have something showing in your life that would make that a possibility, that path has already been created. Yeah. So it's supporting you even before that is known to you. It's, it's um, because it doesn't think the way we think. It's a paradox that, that we can't fathom. But, you know, physics is showing that that's the case. Time is relative. You're a wise man, brother. I, uh, I, there's a Thank comment here from, uh, Hugh Jacobson, one of our, uh, Facebook, uh, friends. And he says that his daughter, Jessica was killed by a drunk driver nine years ago, uh, creating a tragedy and chaos. However, because of the death, I discovered my higher power and have been sharing Jessica's story of love and hope. Not all chaos is bad, which I, I fully embrace and agree because oh, yeah. from that experience can be created so much positivity from your what would be a negative or a hard, you know, chaotic time where you lost everything. Now, yeah. look, now look what you have the opportunity to do and you're taking advantage of that opportunity in a, in a very amazing giant Curtis Marsh way. Thank you. It's amazing. And you, thank you, my brother. God bless you, man. I, that's, that's a powerful con. Um, that's a powerful thing you've done. Thanks for sharing that with us. I, I, uh, you know, as, as I think about what you're working on, I saw your logo that you just came out with, which is incredible. Hopefully you'll share that here. How do people find you? How do they support you? How do, how do we get Curtis Marsh receiving from the tribe here a little bit? Oh man. Um, I mean, my, my Facebook page, uh, rise above the chaos, um, is my speaking page. I share a lot on my, my personal page. Uh, and we're just creating, we, we created the logo because last Friday I had the opportunity to speak to all the students in the state of Utah and their parents. Um, and that started off with some audio difficulties as well, but Cos Green, do you guys know Cos Green? Uh. Great, great dude. I got to introduce you guys to him. Uh, Cos Green was, was there to help produce it with me and, and it went out uh, to all the students in the state. Um, so you can, we're going to use that logo to help them remember to rise above and, and uh, keep going. Um, suicide's the number one leading killer of uh, teenagers in the, in the state. Um, so my Facebook pages are best way to reach out to me okay. and uh, pretty vulnerable, both places, my personal one and my, my uh, rise above. Yeah. I, I don't experience you as two different people at all. I, I see you as the way you show up here is the way you show up in life is the way you show up on Facebook. There's no gap. There's no void in it uh, where there was that emptiness before it's filled in with that inner peace, you know, and it, it can only come from within and just seeing where you filled in that, that drive to make a difference. I'm just, I'm honored to know you, Curtis. And like we haven't you. even met in person yet. We, this is it. This, we're going to, it will happen. So any other thoughts, any other words of wisdom you'd want to share with the tribe? Just want to say it's all about progress versus perfection. And uh, I started off sharing with you that I felt like I was expected to be perfect. And I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, it's all about progress, baby. Progress, small steps at a time. Thank you guys. Uh, you're phenomenal human beings. And let's, uh, let's definitely get together and break some bread. Um, it's been too long. We've known each other for a, a long time, but yeah, I, I love you guys. I have a I'm lot down of, for bread breaking. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of respect for you guys and what you've created. So 
Thank, Thank you. you for having me today. Ryan, you have any other thoughts? Yeah, the last thing that I would I just put in there is that uh, old Bob Ross said, "There's no mistakes. There's just happy accidents." And and uh, you know what? Whatever it was that led us to you and that led you to us, uh, I I don't I don't believe that it was an accident necessarily, but I'll take it for whatever it was. And uh, you keep going. Um, we we definitely need to talk because I think uh, there's lots that we can do together in the future and, and make a big splash and help a lot of people. And that's that's really uh, what it's about. So. Thank you. I'm honored. I love you guys. Thank you. Thanks. You're love welcome. you too, man. Well, as a, as a wrap up here, some, some housekeeping, just a little, a few things. If you haven't read the book yet, the giants and the smalls, go grab a copy on, on giantsandsmalls.com or on Amazon. Uh, look for the event on, on February 20th with Rachel smart. She's one of the league members, Dr. Rachel smart. She's a powerful human. You want to talk about overcoming chaos. This is a woman that will show you how to do that and live your best life twice over. And uh, just an incredible event and really affordable. So if you can be there, be there. It's a limited seating. And as always, just check out our next episode. We'll be back next week and, and probably the Wednesday after that and the, and the Sunday after that. And we'll be on daily and everything else. So we'll just keep supporting you. So thanks for being a part of the Tribe of Giants and a, a member. And make it a giant day. We'll see you on the next video. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah.